Hello from Hollywood and welcome to the Greatest Show on Grass podcast. I'm your host and ringmaster, Joshua Newman, and I'm joined today by Tanisha Singleton. The Greatest Show on Grass explores the past, present, and future of the recently reborn Los Angeles Rams. That was Middle East by Lightning Bolt. Lightning might have stopped the game this week for approximately 70 minutes, but it couldn't stop the Rams. At Raymond James Stadium, where they defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 37-32. Tanisha, this was one of the first, I think this was the first game of the year that we we pretty much called. Um, Yeah. On, on offense, the Rams, um, again, had a tough time establishing the run, um, and they needed to throw the ball downfield, and, and, they, and they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on defense, we knew it was going to be tough to stop Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. We knew there would be turnover opportunities along the way, and there were. And um, we knew that you know four to six and a half points were probably too many for the Rams to be getting. Um, yeah, we called this one. We also knew that Robert Quinn was going to have uh, to have to have a big game, a big game, and he did that. Um, yeah, saved the game. Black Lightning. Uh, <laughs> that's what he calls himself. I like it. I'll take um, it. In, and in it a was... game that where the theme seemed to be lightning. Um, yeah, it was. Um, he put on a great show. Yeah, we predicted that the defense was going to have to take the pressure off the offense and Keenum by making plays, putting the offense in a better position to score. And they did. We had the Barron interception um, after the Johnson hit that set them up to score. We had Westbrooks recovering a fumble and running that back for 77. Um, even though the defense was a little bit shorthanded um, in the beginning after William Hayes, who's probably my favorite Ram yeah, at this point. Becoming a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's my dude. And uh, after that high-low hit, um, and he was carted off the sideline with that ankle injury, Hopefully that's not something that is going to be too uh, to keep him off the field for too long. Well, he re-entered it's, the game after yeah. uh, Eugene Sims got thrown out. Um, so yeah, which was so weird that unsportsmanlike because they didn't show it at first. They just said unsportsmanlike. So what? He spit in someone's face. You know, for better or for worse, um, Jeff Fisher's team as a whole, I think, has gotten this reputation for right. playing dirty. I don't think they play dirty. I think they play hard. I've never but going back to that. last year when um, LaMarcus Joyner hit Teddy Bridgewater. And, and I feel like there were a couple of times that the refs are really quick to yes. blow the whistle and throw Rams out of the game or whistle them for – I mean, there was that Alec Ogletree hit on James yes. Winston, which was basically like a nice tackle. That, that was textbook to that me. That he got – penalized for 15 yards for mm-hmm. um that being said i still think they, they play a pretty undisciplined game overall right i think you know if he spit in uh spit in this guy's face that is like the ultimate you know disrespect like more than a slap in the face or anything like you spitting in someone's face that's like the the gloves are off mm-hmm. so to speak and you're you're liable to do damn near anything but Sims has to be smarter at that point because we already lost Hayes at that at that point. And Brockers was nicked. Right. Yeah. So you have to be smarter and know that your team needs you more than you need to retaliate. So, you know what I mean? Like your yeah. payback would be in the win at that point. But so. Donald and Quinn, you know, yeah, inspired, they held it inspired down. play. Um, mm-hmm. Donald saw some action 
at defensive end. I don't know if you uh, caught any of those plays, but yeah, they moved uh, him to the corner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, didn't get any sacks, but had a few quarterback pressures. Uh, Donald actually has yet to get a sack this year, but um, leads the NFL in quarterback press- pressures. And Robert Quinn was great. I mean, I don't think he has the you know, the explosion off the snap that he maybe had his first couple of years. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely just as quick around the corner. And yeah. what he's lost physically, he's made up for, I think, in savvy. And we saw that on that on that uh, um, deflection. Right. Um, karate chop to the ball <laughs> that, uh, that led to the fumble recovery touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a weird... Like overall, I thought the game it, it had its ups and downs, and especially like in like the snoo- third quarter was a complete snooze fest to me. Um, it was just punt after punt on each side of the ball. Um, I don't think there was a scoring possession that. Well, the Rams' defense hasn't let up uh, a point in the third quarter yet. Yeah, uh, so that's so that's a, a good stat. That is good. You know, court, uh, coaching adjustments. I Absolutely, think says a lot about. You know, I think this one was on Fisher and Boris and Williams. I think we just outcoached them this game. Yeah. This was this game was there to be had by either team. It was a toss-up. Dirk, Dirk Cotter, like, mangled the timeouts on the last drive. And, yes. And admitted to doing so after the game. Meanwhile, I thought Rob Boris had his best game as an offensive coordinator. He mixed it up a a great deal through the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. Finally, we've been talking um, about that stretching the field, going beyond the first down marker, the, and Keenum the, did that. The first touchdown, uh, yeah. for the LA Rams this year, uh, the forty-four Quick. yard pass to Brian Quick. Then later there was a a forty-three yard pass uh, to Tavon Austin. But then also just um, a couple of like just very productive incompletes. Mm-hmm. I thought the. The Ken- Kenny Britt uh, right. incomplete that led to the ta- that where he drew the pass interference call, which led to the Tavon Austin forty three yard touchdown. And then you know I loved coming out of that big delay, throwing the ball deep to Kenny Britt. After that, a lot of time to think about it. Right, just going for the jugular, you know. And and I think it sent a, I think it would have sent a really negative. Um, message to the team if they had come out of that 70-minute delay oh, yeah. and just ran the ball up the middle. Um, I think it... It, it would was, seem like they were submitting if they did that at that point. Like you had they all still... this time to concoct. And this is what you did? And this like... <laughs> was your most likely scenario to get a first down. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed by um, the Marcus Joyner. I mean, I am... Um, I have to, you know... I pontificate a lot about a lot of Rams shit on this show, but like I was really wrong about LaMarcus Joyner. Um, and it's really like classic Jeff Fisher, like the way he had faith in this guy who didn't really leave us any real reason to have faith in him. Mm-hmm. But he's been saying he's the best nickel corner he's mm-hmm. ever coached. He's been talking about, um, you know, what a special player he is. They traded up to get him. Um, back in 2014, ahead of when they needed wide receivers, ahead of Jordan Matthews, ahead of Devontae Adams, ahead of Allen Robinson. Guy's amazing. Um, he's lights out. He's like, and and the nickel corner position is is just such an important one in this day and age. So when I see um, Lamarcus Joyner turn things around mm-hmm. in a way that my eyes could never have imagined uh, him playing. Uh, I start believing 
Fisher when he says that Goff is going to do the same thing. Um, Just when he's ready. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That being said, he said the same thing about Brian Quick, and Brian Quick never really, although we got a flash of it maybe, but we don't don't get much more than flashes out of Brian Quick. But, you know, it did get me that one of my takeaways from watching LaMarcus Joyner um, these last two games is an increased faith in Jared Goff, strangely, the, the other side of the ball. But but saying similar things about each of them early, talking very hyperbolically about guys who seem like they have no clue what's going on mm-hmm. um, and indicating this total, almost like me feeling that there's like a disconnect with reality. But lo and behold, LaMarcus Joyner is one of the best slot defenders in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. Um Fisher's faith came out. Yep. Yeah, it's being shown. And that sometimes you just have to uh, rely on the coaching staff. I mean, it's very rare that I think you can point to a game where where you can just say one coach outcoached mm-hmm. the other, and that's the reason for the win. I think very frequently you can see the impact the coach makes, but this really was um, – this would have been a loss um, yeah. if the coaching staffs were uh, were switched, I think. Um you know, it was the, a little bit weird. Did you like the two point going for two? I didn't like it. I, I didn't think you, you know, needed it. To me, yeah, I don't. That was my only knock I on think the coaching. The number, that's where I, I sort of just like defer to Fisher. He knows the pulse of his team. He's got a good read of, you know, what the the vibe is on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have so much of a problem with that. I think, you know, my, you know, my problems coming out of this game are that you know Todd Gurley still. I don't see this as a just he scored two touchdowns. He rushed for 85 yards, but I still think he really struggled in this game and it and it seems like the lanes might be there for him and that he's just not hitting them and maybe this is the result of um of not really playing in training camp. Um you know, it's a trade-off when yes. you, you, sure you don't get injured, you don't get nicked up before the season, yes. but you sacrifice getting the reps and your momentum getting into the season and he told uh, he actually had an interesting quote after the game um, and was asked about, you know, the strange weather delay. And if this was, you know, uh, really facing adversity. And he said this was the top five craziest games he's ever played in. And then the most interesting part of what he said, and he just kind of they asked him about adversity in the weather. But he ended up saying, quote, offense is going to have to do a better job. Shouldn't have to put our defense in that predicament every week. We're going to have to step it up. Big time. I mean, we're two and one and we're in first and everybody's like very excited um, after that debacle on Monday night. But, you know, the fact is Case Keenum still has the worst quarterback rating in the NFL. The Rams are still 32nd in total offense, 31st in passing offense. You know, Gurley's right in the terms of not having to rely on the defense, but you have to do that because we know the offense is still trying to – it's – is challenged. So they're one of those teams when you have a team that's offensively challenged kind of like this and you don't have serious threats, you know, uh, in, in, in your wide receivers, you have to score first, you have to score fast. They'd managed to do that and they got the W, which is obviously, you know, the biggest part, but we're kind of excited that he's that girly, you know, got two touchdowns. We got that touchdown monkey off of our back, you know, and, Maybe this is going to grease up his wheels a little bit and and build some momentum that he didn't get in a proper training camp and playing in preseason. But 
it's true that the offensive line, if we had threats down the field consistently, then maybe the block won't get so smashed up and the O-line can get create some holes for him. You know what I mean? I think we're seeing that already. I we're, think yeah, that's exactly. the result. I think partially the result of, of throwing down the field the way Boris did is that Gurley is being sprung loose for some, you know, longer runs. In this segment, which we call Film Study, we dissect an episode or scene from a film or TV show that prominently features Los Angeles Rams. Thankfully, there are thousands to choose from, many of which we've chronicled on our greatest show on Grass Tumblr. Today, I want to talk about superheroes. The Rams, as we've discussed at length, have done it all in Hollywood, cast in roles as varied as headhunters, priests, gladiators, doctors, lifeguards and national heads of Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. But not a one has played a superhero. Sure, linebacker Mike Henry got cast to play Tarzan in three movies, but while Tarzan was certainly surrounded by an impressive mythology, he didn't have any superpowers and can't really be considered a superhero. The Rams' inability to break through the kryptonite ceiling is perhaps best summed up by the experiences of linebacker Terry Crews, an 11th round draft choice in 1991, who you probably know as the old Spice Man. Crews has campaigned hard to play three superheroes, The Thing, Silver Surfer, and Power Man. Each time, he's failed. Well, earlier this month, Deadline Hollywood broke the story that Greg Berlanti, king of CW's DC Universe and the guy behind Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, was developing a series based on the character Black Lightning, one of DC Comics' first major African-American superheroes back in 1977. Equipped with a force field belt that enabled him to generate lightning bolts, a power he eventually somehow internalized, Black Lightning, a.k.a. Jefferson Pierce, was able to drain energy into himself or repower devices with electricity. Obviously, the contemporary reboot is going to feature plenty of jokes about the search for an iPhone charger. Jefferson Pierce grew up in Suicide Slum, a neglected part of Metropolis, which got its name from the idea that people only escaped its degradation by killing themselves. Pierce made it out alive largely because of his athletic abilities, which garnered him a college scholarship. If you ask his doctors, Rams defensive lineman Robert Quinn also shouldn't have made it out of high school alive. In his senior year at Fort Dorchester High School in North Charleston, South Carolina, he suffered headaches, blackouts, and fainting spells. After he passed out at home one Sunday morning, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor, which was found to be benign, but which sat precariously at the top of his spinal cavity, and so it couldn't be completely removed. Doctors drilled two holes in his head to drain the fluid, and his recovery went far better than expected, and he returned to the football field in the fall of 2008 at the University of North Carolina. To this day... When he plays for the Rams, Robert Quinn plays with a brain tumor inside his skull. Quote, 
a freak of human nature, was what he was called in an NPR story about Quinn prior to the 2011 draft. In 2013, Quinn was invited onto NFL Network to talk about his success on the field, as well as his defensive line mate at the time, Chris Long. It's around then that his connection to Black Lightning was born. But could it be that I'm talking to one half of the tandem right now, that you and Chris Long are the, are the best pair of defensive ends in football? I definitely believe we can be in that argument. Uh, you know, I like to call myself Black Lightning, him the White Thunder, a.k.a. the Thunderstorm. <laughs> oh, so, uh... I like that. <laughs> there is a time-honored tradition of Los Angeles Rams defensive linemen taking on star qualities not normally reserved for players in the trenches. Each member of the fearsome foursome of the 1960s would go on to starring roles on television. Lamar Lundy on Lost in Space, Deacon Jones on The Odd Couple, Merlin Olsen on Father Murphy, and Rosie Greer on The Rosie Greer Show. With his lightning-like powers, superhuman backstory, and recent move to Tinseltown, I think Robert Quinn ought to throw his hat in the ring for the role of Black Lightning. Or at least take a meeting. Rams head to Glendale, um, University of Phoenix Stadium, to do battle with the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's probably a little bit more vulnerable against the run than Tampa Bay is. We're going to need that game out of Gurley because even our, I mean, Benny Cunningham has the longest run for the Rams right now at like 22, and it's not Gurley. It is not who mm-hmm. we expected. It's not, you know, the face, uh, you know, of this franchise so far on, and on the offensive side of the ball. But if there was a time that you would want to play Arizona, because they're always going to be one of those contenders and just such a strong team. If there was a time, maybe it would be now after they got embarrassed a little bit by the Bills. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're in a little bit of, you know, they're one and two. They might be having a little bit of an identity crisis, but they're vets. And I predict that they'll lose this game uh, the Rams that is but in Arizona might make a statement to come back because this is a way um, but I think the Rams are more confident now so yeah. it's not going to be lopsided I think Gurley will get going uh, the Bills put up 208 too. yards against uh, against the Cardinals uh, and the Cards are 28th in the league in rushing um, meanwhile, they have the ninth overall defense, um, and Buffalo only threw for 89 yards last week, and probably Buffalo has a better uh, aerial tech than the Rams. So I think this is really going to be on Gurley. The Cardinals open at eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, the two teams split last year, each winning at the other's home stadium. Uh, this same game, week four last year, uh, the, the Cardinals were – undefeated the Rams mm-hmm. went into um Arizona and won and that was a game where Gurley rushed for 146 and Tavon caught six balls for 96 yards um then of course in week 13 um the, the Cardinals destroyed the Rams 27 to 3 
Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of my prediction, I would say, I know, I mean, I'm, I've been, I think, 0 for 3 so far this year. Um, I thought they Because you had them winning in San Francisco. Yeah, losing Seattle yeah. and losing Tampa Bay. So I'm 0 for 3. Um, I hope I continue my trend one and two. <laughs> because um, because um, I I I think um, Arizona's gonna really be angry. I think they're gonna um, be pissed. I think David Johnson is right now a better running, running back, back than Todd Gurley. David Johnson uh, has broken twenty tackles this year, six more than anyone in the NFL. Um, last year, Doug Martin led the league in broken tackles with 67. David, David Johnson yeah. is on pace for 107. He's he's right now the most elusive player in the NFL, and the Rams have been missing tackles. Um, I think injuries could play a part. Frosty Rucker's out. Michael Floyd went through the concussion protocol. It would be great if he didn't uh, play in this game. <laughs> Um, it would be great if EJ Gaines did play in this game um, and and the defense got a boost there. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, Arizona's angry. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams are really lucky to have won those last two games yes. and might be uh, thinking a little too highly of themselves, um, of where they are. As a team, agreed. That's going to be discipline is still a big issue for me. Um, the penalties are out of control, um, and I think you know you talk about the vaunted L.A. Rams defensive line. I think the Cardinals have a better defensive line right now, and I think I think it's going to be easy for the Rams to say, "Hey, we're two and one. We're tied for first again. The division." Mm-hmm. It's you know, and feeling a little bit more cocky than they should be. I don't want to get too too be too. Doom and gloom. I think eight and a half is too many points. I think the Rams that is a lot. and the cards will end up splitting this this year. This season, I, I, yeah. I from the beginning, I've, I've I have that as being one of their wins. I think you were right on about David Johnson because, like, so far out of three games, out of forty-seven attempts, he's got over two hundred and fifteen yards, and Gurley out of sixty-three attempts only has one hundred and eighty-three, and that just shows the efficiency and the offensive line is creating more holes and. I don't see a unit yeah. in these two teams that the Rams have better than the Cardinals right yeah. now, at least at this point. In the On season, either side. Other than punter, of course, where <laughs> I think Arizona's punter is actually out, and I don't know what they're going to do there. But, God, how have we not mentioned Johnny Hecker's name? I mean, yeah. kicking that wet ball 64 yards out of the end zone after that you know, 70-minute delay. I mean, the guy is just – I mean, Johnny Hecker – is the second coming of Ray Guy. I mean, he's the he, he, forget about him just being he's not just the best punter in football. He's a generational talent. Um a guy like John and there've only been one or two guys better than Johnny Hecker. Um he's clutch. He's such a weapon. Um um in a lot of ways I think he sometimes legitimizes their um conservative approach to offense because they're never that afraid not to get the first down and they've always got Johnny Hecker to reverse the feet to turn mm-hmm. the fields around but um but, but other than he I you know I think Arizona has the advantage all over the field I think one thing to look out for um 
They're passing. Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday morning. Who's are are either Nelson Spruce mm-hmm. or Farrow Cooper activated uh, after being out the first three games? I think either of those guys, especially both, but either of those guys could give the offense a shot in the arm. Um, the defense will not have really seen much of either of them. Um, and both really, they need, the Rams don't have a player like either of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both like third down type re- receivers who play in the slot, who understand space, who thrive based on their quickness. They'd be going up against the Honey Badger. It's not going to turn them into the greatest show on turf, but um, but it would be it would be a really great addition to have one of the one or two of those guys back. Um, it would be huge if they get this win and Arizona ends up falling one to three. That would be amazing. I think they're going to circle this, obviously, because it's, you know, the 24-hour rule that Fisher has and, and most coaching staffs, I think, do this. They take 24 hours immediately after the game to look at the film, go back, review shit, and then the next day, we're on to the next one. And you forget about it and you move on. And you kind of have to do that. But if there was, you know, a game that the Cardinals need to have to kind of get their own swagger and momentum back. It's going to be this one. They're probably going to look at this as a statement game, I think. Yeah, and these teams have history. Um, Bruce Arians has called Jeff Fisher out for cheap shots in the past. These are, you know, talk about history. These are the two ex-St. Louis teams. Um, Fun fact. uh, They've played each other 76 times. Damn. um, And are knotted up at 37-37. Really? So whoever... um, that rivalry goes back to 1937 when the Rams were in Cleveland and the Cardinals were in Chicago. Um, but uh, so whoever you know, whoever takes this game um, has the historical edge. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be great if the Rams came back home uh, to that Bills game at uh, got three and one. That would be crazy. That They're be already nuts? saying that two. They're already talking about the last time the Rams were two and one. They're really? celebrating that. Yeah, I guess um, Fisher has never been two and one before with the uh, with the Rams. With the Rams, I, I hope he's been two and one. Uh, you, yeah, we hope so. But yeah, because even it, I just can't help but and the media likes to remind me that we going back to hard knocks and it's like oh, none of that seven and nine bullshit, that yeah. eight and eight, and it's like ah, you'd probably take those. Yeah. Uh, but hey, two and one, two and, and one. if you yeah, if you could just think about coming back home like three and one, that would be insane. Thank you for listening to The Greatest Show on Grass podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and spread the word to friends who enjoy football, Hollywood history, and the Los Angeles Rams.